Well, is everybody happy and ready? Hadn't it been a beautiful day? <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here. I tell you what, if you can, stand up and let's sing a little bit, okay? Since Jesus came into my heart, sing it with me. Everybody sing it. Here we go. Oh, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have lied in my soul for which love I have sought since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Thoughts of joy o'er my soul like the sea. Great to see everyone. Great to have our guests here uh, this evening for our Sunday night service. And uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 young people on one pew. New Southeast Arkansas record, in case you were wondering. And uh, not too many churches are 
can say that in South Arkansas or probably all of Arkansas that we got 12 young people on one of our pews. And uh, so great to see this good number here. Good to have uh, my daughter and son-in-law from El Dorado. So several churches that are represented. Ken folks, come to hear Ken folks. And like uh, what Brother Jerry Carter said, just uh, wanted to come and visit just in case Micah did preach. <laughs> and so just he wanted to be there in case it happened. and uh, But he certainly preached this morning. And uh, appreciate that it all flowed together. It all went well. A lot of people were talking about the songs and everything reflecting heaven and talking about the return of Jesus, of course, including the, the message and being ready and uh, working and watching. And hopefully that's what we're doing and uh, being ready and I know we're willing that Jesus returns. Hope and pray that you're able to stay and fellowship with us. Even if you didn't bring anything, please stay. There's plenty uh, just to sit around and, and visit for just a little while. Uh, spring break is about over, and uh, many people are not wanting to head back to school, not wanting to talk about it, but uh, that, that's the next step. So we're thrilled you're here. Just thank, thank you for being in the service. I'm going to turn it back over. Brother Lewis. I tell you what, it's a wonderful thing to be in the house of the Lord. I want to teach you a little chorus. It just simply says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We'll add a few words to it as we go. But I want you to sing that with me if you would. And uh, we'll have a great time. There's no other place in the house of the Lord. What a beautiful place it is because the Spirit is here among His people and uh, what a blessing it is to be able to worship and praise Him together. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. All right, let's sing it. Boy, y'all need to stand up. <laughs> they thought I was going to let them get by with that, but I'm not. Here we go. Sing it with me. I was glad when they said unto me. I was glad when they said unto me. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. There is love in the house of the Lord. There is love in the house of the Lord. There is love in the house of the Lord. Let us go into the house of the Lord. We will praise Him in the house of the Lord. We will praise Him in the house of the Lord. We will praise Him in the house of the Lord. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Welcome, Holy Spirit. We are in Your presence. Fill us with Your power. Live and flow through me. Oh, sing that again. Oh, welcome, Holy Spirit. We are in Your presence. Fill us with Your power. Live and flow through me. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary.
song. This is uh, Brother Bullwell's favorite wife. So, this, yeah, his first and only. Come on over here. Isn't she a doll? Amen. And her sister's sitting right back there by my favorite father-in-law. So, I'm, see, I'm making brownie points right now. So... Holding me right now 
You're still God and you're holding me right now. Give me all in my lap. Amen. He is God no matter what happens. Thank you, Aunt Betty Jean. I appreciate that so very much. You know, revival is a special time for a child of God because all of us need to be recharged and revived and refilled and all of those re's. We need the oil, the blessed oil of the Holy Spirit in our hearts uh, to do the soothing and the healing and the things that we battle in life with all of the things that we go through with having to deal with uh uh, people and, and things and just life in general. Somebody said one time, they said, well, why is all of this so? You know, you have one day it's good, the next day it's not so good. And, and I said, it's called life. That's just how life is. So we're going to recharge a little bit and uh, sing this little chorus that all of us learned in Bible school a hundred years ago. It just simply says, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning burning. All right, sing it with me if you will. <clears throat> sing it like you really mean it too. Give me all in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me all in my lamp, I pray. Give me all in my lamp, keep me burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. Sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna. Sing it again. Here we go. Give me all in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me all in my lamp, I pray. Give me all in my lamp, keep me burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. Sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna to the King. There is a song in my heart today, something I never had. Jesus has taken my sins away. Oh, say, but I'm glad. Oh, say, but I'm glad. I'm glad. Oh, say, but I'm glad. I'm glad. Jesus has come and my cup's overrun. Oh, say, but I'm glad. Wonderful, marvelous love He brings into a heart that's sad. Through darkest tunnels the soul just sings. Oh, say, but I'm glad. Everybody. Oh, say, but I'm glad. I'm glad. Oh, say, but I'm glad. I'm glad. Jesus has come and my cup's overrun. Oh, say, but I'm glad. Won't you come to Him with all your care? And worn and sad, you too will sing as His love you share. Oh, say, but I'm glad. Oh, say, but I'm glad, I'm glad. Oh, say, but I'm glad, I'm glad. Jesus. 
Christ has come and my cup's overrun. Oh, say, but I'm glad in the Did you know that? Jesus is the only one we need to worry about pleasing in our praise, in our hearts, in our minds. No matter what you're going through in life, I know a man who can help you. His name is Jesus, and that's what the choir is going to sing about. I know a man who can.
we're seated and before Brother Micah comes, let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we're able to know who he is, to know him through your word and through your spirit. Father, and I thank you, dear God, for these precious people who have assembled tonight. God, may our hearts be open, may our minds be in tune with you and speak to us through your word. Help us to be the best servant, uh, the best uh, vessel that you can live through and work through. And we'll give you all of the honor, glory, and praise because we do pray it and we do ask it in the name of Jesus and for his sake alone. Amen and amen. People, you may be seated. God bless you. Uh, thank Brother Lewis uh, for a great job he's doing with the choir. And uh, if you haven't been here tonight, Brother Lewis, Pine Bluff, Summit Baptist Church there in Pine Bluff, Brother Micah Carter, Magnolia Baptist Church, and uh, excuse me, Calvary Baptist Church in Magnolia, Arkansas. Flip it around. <laughs> and uh, we're so glad to have them. Y'all lift them up. Amen. Thank you. Touch through me, Holy Spirit, touch through me, let my hands reach out to others, touch through me, there's a lonely soul somewhere. Needing just one friend to care. Touch through me, Holy Spirit. Touch through me. Love through me, Holy Spirit. Love through me. I will be my brother's keeper, love through me. Hearts are bleeding deep inside, love can dry their weeping eyes, love through me, Holy Spirit. Love through me and flow through me, Holy Spirit, flow through me like a river in the desert, flow through me. Bringing fountain, healing streams, those living waters <coughs> flow through me, Holy Spirit, flow through me. My hands will be your hands. Reaching out to others 
And my lips will not be slothful, Lord, to speak. And I will be that good Samaritan to someone else in need. I will be your house to dwell in, live in me. I will be your house to dwell in, live in me. good to be in the Lord's house, isn't it? Anybody here saved? All right. That's what I'm talking about. Well, we got the first thing taken care of. Now we need revival, right? To bring something back to life. To revive something. To bring it back to life. Meaning that at one time, it was already living. And so we pray tonight that if you are lost without Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you do the first things first. And you've come to know Jesus as your Savior. Prepare for the King to return, as we talked about this morning. And then if you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, we pray that tonight you'd be willing to have a revival. Be stirred up for the cause of Christ. Now, as I think about revival, I think about when the Lord saved me. I think about how excited I was when the Lord saved me. I think about the fact that even at seven years old, when I trusted the Lord as my Savior, there was nobody in all the world that could keep me from telling other people I got saved. I mean, it was a, it was an honor. You know, it was a it was a privilege just to be able to share with other people what Jesus had done for me. You know, a little just a little boy. I mean, I don't know that I've ever been little, but I was young anyway. Just a young boy. You know, I had never really been through anything in my life. I mean, raised in a preacher's home, I'd never known the the struggles of life or, you know, the struggles of being an adult or being a parent or anything like that. And, and man, I just felt like the Lord had done something so great for me that I needed to tell everybody in the world about it. I wanted to call people. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to tell people. I don't care if you wanted to hear it or not. I wanted to let you know about it. What Jesus had done for me. It was, listen to me, it was my privilege to be able to serve my King. It was my privilege to be able to tell other people about what Jesus had done for me. It was, it was an honor for me to be able to go and to share with other people how good God was and how much I loved Him and how much He loved me and, and how, how I knew I didn't deserve it. I, I knew that I was a sinner, but you know, Jesus loved me anyway in spite of all of those things. Maybe, maybe you can remember that time in your life. I wonder if that was that time. You know, we know we need a revival. When that privilege of telling other people about Jesus and what He's done for us, when it comes becomes a problem. When it becomes a chore rather than a choice. To tell other people about Jesus and to serve our King. You know, I know when I got saved, I viewed it as an honor to serve Jesus. 
But if we're going to have revival, we've got to be honest, right? We've got to be honest with ourselves. We've got to be honest with each other. We've got to be honest with the Lord. And let's just be honest about it. Serving the Lord sometimes is inconvenient to our life. It is. I, I mean, I know that sounds bad to say, but I mean, let's just be honest. If we're going to fix a problem, the first thing we've got to do is what? Admit we have one, right? And sometimes to our lifestyle, to our life, to our flesh... Living for Jesus is just not convenient. It's a problem. I mean, think about it. This is Sunday. It's your day of rest and you got to get up early and come to church. You know, I mean, it becomes such a chore sometimes. And, 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 and I'm not making light of the fact many of you work all day Wednesday and then i got to go put up with those kids at that Awana down there, you know. And, oh, pull my hair out, you know. My wife is a school teacher. She teaches all day, comes home on Wednesday and teaches kids at church. You know, I understand. I hear it. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know. Man, sometimes it just becomes a problem. And sometimes it becomes an inconvenience. And sometimes we realize that, that it's no more really an honor for us to serve the king, but now it's become a burden to serve the king. But I want you to know tonight, that there is no greater honor in all of this world than to serve in our King's court. There is no greater honor in all the world than for you to mow the yard at the church house. That's the Lord's yard. There's no greater honor in all the world than for you to teach a Sunday school class, or to lead in a prayer, or to play an instrument, or to sing a song, or to sweep a floor. There's no greater, you know, I heard a man say not too long ago, we're all, we all should be toilet scrubbers. You know, we, we all should be willing to do any job that there is that needs to be done. And listen to me, this is where, this is where revival comes in. It ought to be an honor for us to do those things. And you know, I guess the way I was thinking about when I first got saved is that, that I was willing to do anything for the Lord because I understood how good God had been to me. But if He was good to me, that good to me at seven years old, how good has He been to me over the last however many years? You know, how, I mean, how good has God been over my lifetime? And how much more should I love Him? And how much more should I serve Him? And how much more of an honor should it be today to serve my King? Because not only has He saved me, but He's kept me. He's provided for me. He's done all for me. He has protected me. He's he's placed me in a ministry that I did nothing to earn or deserve. He gave me eternal life that I could never work hard enough to obtain. How much of an honor should it be for me to serve my King? I mean, really, it should be exciting to us to think I get to go serve the King. We sang a little chorus tonight. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How many of us were glad? Don't raise your hand now. I wonder how many of us truly were glad to be able, oh boy, I get to wake up from my nap and get ready and get my clothes back on and go back to church tonight. All right. Woo! I can tell some of you still aren't happy about it. Look, sometimes it just becomes a burden. But listen, now this is honest, okay? That's when we need a revival. We need a revival when, 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 when serving the Lord, when, listen, this is what we're doing. We're serving the King of Kings, if we hadn't figured that out yet. We're not serving each other. We're not serving the pastor. We're serving King Jesus. He is the King, and if you hadn't got it, this is His kingdom, meaning this is the King's domain. This is where He gets honor and glory from. And it's our privilege to be able to serve the King. And if it becomes a problem rather than a privilege to serve the King, then we need a revival. First Chronicles chapter 27. 
Man, I'll preach here in a minute. <clears throat> I want to read to you some verses in First Chronicles 27. It may be about like this morning when I'm reading. You're thinking, what? Somebody came to me this morning and said, you, when you start spitting those names out, you need to slow it down a little bit. Well, you better just hang on tonight, okay? Read them a few more times. But I want to read to you these verses tonight. These are people who served in the court of King David. We talked about King David this morning. And these are people that served in the court of King David. And it was an honor to serve in the court of King David. I mean, just think about it. If you, I mean, out of all the people that could be chosen, you were chosen to serve in the king's court. It was an honorable thing to be able to serve in King David's court. I mean, you you just were really lifted up from the bottom. You were brought all the way to the top just because I got cho- man. I the king the king has allowed me to serve him. That's how it was viewed. But how much more should we view our honor to serve King Jesus? Listen to these servants. Over the king's treasures was Asmaveth, the son of Adiel, and over the storehouses in the fields and the cities and the villages. In the castles was Johanathan, the son of Uzziah. And over them that did work of the field for tillage of the ground was Ezra, the son of Shalab. And over the vineyards was Shemai, the Ramathite. Over the increase of the vineyards for the wine cellars was Zabdi, the Shifmite. Over the olive trees and the sycamore trees that were in the low plains of Belhanan, the Gedarite. And over the cellars of oil was Joash. And over the herds that fed in Sharon, was Shitri the Sharonite, and over the herds that were in the valley, uh, valleys of Shaphat, the son of Adlai, over the camels, also was Obil, the Ishmaelite, over the asses was Jediah, the Moronophite, and over the flocks was Yaziz, the Hagarite, and all these were the rulers of the substance which was King David's. Also Jonathan, David's uncle, was, uh, was a counselor, a wise man, and a scribe. And Jael, the son of Achmoni, was the king's sons. And Ahithophel was the king's counselor, and Hushiah the archite was the king's companion. And after Ahithophel was Jaldiah, the son of Benaniah, and Abiathar, and the general of the king's army was Joab. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do again come to you tonight because we read a portion of Scripture that perhaps we're not familiar with. But Lord, there's something wonderful here for us because it's your word. We pray, Father, you'd help us just to get that nugget, just to dig into your word tonight and see what it is you want us to learn. Take it and apply it and be revived from it. Father, we ask you tonight because I know I can't give a revival, but I know you can. Father, as we've sung in song tonight, I know a man who can. That man is you. You can save. You can forgive. You can revive. And we ask you to do whatever's necessary tonight to change us to be better servants for you. Father, help us to serve you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to just very briefly, as we read over this list of officers, I just want to point out a couple of things to you. Three things, really. Don't get excited. I'm going to fly through these. This isn't the message, okay? (laughs) But three things that we notice about every person that I just find really interesting in drawing a parallel between King David's servants and you and I as King Jesus' servants, the first thing we see is that each person had a place of special service. 
I want you to know tonight that if you've been a member of Promised Land Church for a hundred years or for ten years or for one year or for one month, you need to know this tonight, okay? You have a special place of service. Just like they had a special place of service in the king in the king's court when David was ruling on the throne, you and I have a special place of service today of whatever family you and I are a member of, whatever church we serve the Lord through, we have a special place of service. And I just want to encourage you this evening with this, that nobody else can do the job that God specifically designed you to do like you can do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you're doing the job God designed you to do. But God designed you to serve Him. And He designed you, and He's chosen you, and He's fitly joined you, as we'll see later, in this body or in the body in which you serve Him. And He has done so for a purpose. You have a purpose, and the purpose is to serve the King. And serve Him in your special place that He has designed you specifically to serve Him. Not only that, but I find it interesting that each person was called by name. No matter if they had an important job or no matter if they had, as we're going to look at, a job that went unnoticed, no matter if they were in the public eye or if they were behind the scenes, no matter if man thought their job was important or if man didn't see it as important, what we notice in King David's servants is the same thing we notice in King Jesus' servants is that David knew each of his servants by name. You know, one of the greatest promises of, our, of the Word that we see is that Jesus knows His servants by name. You may think that nobody sees what you do, that nobody knows what you do, and perhaps you've given up on your service to the Lord because nobody noticed your job being done well. But I want to encourage you this evening, before we get too far, by telling you this, God knows you by name. He cares about you. He'll keep you. The Bible says He knows the very hairs of your head. Some, some are harder to count than others. But hey, He knows them all, right? Jesus knows all about His servants. In John chapter 10, man, what a wonderful chapter of comfort is Jesus as the great shepherd where He tells us that His sheep, my sheep know my voice. And I know them. They know me. Listen, Jesus knows you. He specifically designed you to serve Him. He knows you by name. And this is another special aspect of these Officers is that each person was placed where they were by the king. King David placed each person in a place of service. And I want you to know tonight, because oftentimes we find in the Lord's work that things go unnoticed. And when things go unnoticed, it discourages us. And when we get discouraged, no matter if it's your pastor, if it's your song director, if it's your choir members, no matter if it's the person who cleans the facilities, no matter what it is that's done, when we get discouraged, we are apt to quit and give up. But I want to encourage you this evening before we go too far by telling you that anywhere the Lord has placed you, it's a special place of service to the King. He knows where you could serve Him best. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 4 and 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by the which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. No matter what your part is at Promised Land, you need to know tonight that you have a part. You need to know that God designed you for that part. You need to know tonight that the King sees everything you do. And you need to know that the King placed you there so that you could serve Him. Don't quit. Don't give up. 
Don't let up. Don't retire on God. He'll let you come home when He's ready for you to quit. So listen, we can spend all night talking about all of these, but we'll not do it. I just want to look at one man in verse number 28. The Bible draws our attention very briefly to a man by the name of Joash. This man, Joash, was a keeper of the cellars of oil. Now I want to tell you this evening that anybody can serve the Lord in the open. But it takes a true servant who loves the king to serve the Lord in obscurity. I want to talk to you tonight about serving the king in obscurity. Doing the jobs that nobody else wants to do. Serving the Lord because it's a problem instead of a privilege. Serving the Lord in the places that nobody else wants to serve Him. Doing the thankless jobs that nobody will pat you on the back about. You see, anybody can do the jobs that everybody sees, but not everybody will serve the Lord behind the scenes. Not everybody will do things in obscurity, but we're told of this man by the name of Joash. Joash was a keeper of the old. Notice in verse 28, and over just very briefly, do we know anything about Joash in the Word? And over the cellars of all was Joash. I want us to first look at the duties of his job. What does it mean to be a keeper of the old? What does it mean to be over the cellars of all? Well, his first duty, obviously, was to keep the old. You see, the all, as we've sung about so often in our songs tonight, I hope you listen to it, as we sing about, fill my, fill the lamp, fill it with the all, fill me up, you know, and the, the, the all and how important it is. But to them, it was much more important than you and I even understand today. You see, for Joash, he was in a place that was dark and damp and deserted. He was down in the cellars serving the king, just doing his duty, being down there where nobody could see him and nobody knew what he was doing and nobody really appreciated We'll talk about that more in a moment. But he was down there where he was behind the scenes and nobody could see what was going on. But he was faithfully serving his king by keeping the oil. You see, oil was very important in the Jewish society. They used oil for religious uh, sacrifices and services. We learn about that in the book of Leviticus. They learned about, uh, they used the oil to light the lamps. It was an item of commerce, a means of income for them. And so you see, although it was behind the scenes and it might have gone unnoticed, when somebody needed medicine, oil was one of the main things they used for medicinal purposes. They used it for cooking. They used it for cosmetics. You see, oil was extremely important in the Jewish society. You say, well, what does that mean for us today? Well, the most wonderful thing about oil is that throughout the Word of God, the oil represents the Holy Spirit of God. You see, all throughout the Word, we see all represented as the Holy Spirit of God. And I want you to know tonight that we need more people who will be like Joash. I, listen, Promised Land is a wonderful group of people, but, but you and I need to understand tonight that as good and as loving and as hardworking as you want to be without the Holy Spirit of God, you are nothing. We cannot do anything without the Spirit of God. You know, we get so focused on ourselves, and I want to be out there keeping the king's flock and I want to be out there being the general over the king's army and I want to be doing this job and I want to be doing that job. But listen to me tonight. We need some people who will stand up and say, I just want to keep the all. I want to make sure that the Holy Spirit of God stays over Promised Land Mission Baptist Church. 
That's what we need. We need some people who are willing to get down and do the dirty jobs. Some people who will serve the Lord behind the scenes. We need folks who aren't, they don't have to be patted on the back. Nobody has to tell them thank you or put their name in the bulletin or put them on the screen or somewhere else and say, job well done. Now listen, it makes us all feel good. But it's not necessary. You see, Joash was willing to just do what nobody else wanted to do. He was willing to spend his days down in the cellar because the fact of the matter was is that Joash was keeping the lights on in Israel. Joash was down there protecting the oil. He was literally keeping the lights on in the house of God. If they had no oil, they couldn't sacrifice. They had no oil. They had no medicine. They had no oil. They had no light. They had no oil. They had no cooking. They couldn't eat. They had no income. I want you to know something tonight. If we have not the Holy Spirit of God, we don't have anything either. If all we ever focus on is me getting in the limelight and me working my way up to the top of the king's ladder and I'm not willing to keep the all and the Holy Spirit of God leaves us, God forbid, we become a dead church useless in the hands of our potter. Folks, we don't want that. So if we're going to be keepers of the all, we've got to keep the all. We've got to make sure that the Holy Spirit of God stays here by praying to Him, praising God, living holy lives. Another duty of his job was to stay in place. You say, well, that doesn't sound too hard. Well, I can't imagine, to be honest with you, what it was like to live in a cellar. Anybody here want to volunteer to do that? That's what I thought. But somebody's got to be willing to. Somebody's got to be willing to say, I'll do what nobody else wants to do. If that's what it takes to keep the Holy Spirit of God here, and that's what it takes to protect our usefulness in the hand of the potter, then that's what I'll do. We have to stay in place if you want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. I'll tell you tonight, all you have to do is just be faithful to the King, and wherever He's placed you, serve Him there. He put me in the nursery. I don't know why He did it. Serve Him there. Listen, He put you in Awana. Serve Him there. He put you keeping the grounds. Serve Him there. He put you singing in the choir. Serve Him there. You say, nobody cares about what I do. Listen, stop worrying about everybody else and serve the King. Just stay in place. Don't come out of the cellar. Because if you do, something's going to happen to the all. We're going to lose the all. Listen, if you want to live that life, just be faithful to Him. If we always want to be in the will of the Lord, then all we have to do is keep doing the last thing the Lord told us to do until He tells us to do something else. If He tells us to get down in the cellar and serve Him down there, we would liken the cellar to a two- and three-year-old Bible school class, you know. If that's where the Lord wants you, get there. He wants me in the nursing home telling people about Jesus, encouraging them. Well, get there. Well, nobody ever thanks me for it. Who cares? Who are you serving? We're working for the king. Isn't it an honor? Amen. It's an honor. Why? Because the king could have killed you, but instead he saved you. Like we talked about this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2, the Bible says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. What do I need to do? I just need to be faithful. Like Joash, I just need to stay in the cellar and keep the oil and keep the lights burning in promised land. I need to make sure the Holy Spirit of God stays in my church. How do I do that? I do that by staying faithful to the king. You know something else, one of his other duties of his job that Joash had to do was he had to watch for intruders. 
You see, while he was down in that cellar, he had to keep an eye on the oil. If the oil went missing, a lot of things would go missing. He had to make sure that the oil wasn't stolen. I want to tell you something, friend. We need some watchers in our day. You know who we need to watch for? It's not each other. Somebody said it in Sunday school this morning. Who's our enemy? Satan. I want you to look at the person next to you. That's not your enemy. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, some of you looking at your spouse kind of crazy, but I'll leave that alone. <coughs> the Bible says be sober. You know what that means? Be clear-headed. Be clear-minded. Be alert. Be vigilant. For your adversary, your arch enemy, the devil. He's where? He's not in hell. As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. We need some folks who will wake up and be alert to the attacks of Satan. We need some people who will watch for intruders because if we don't, one day we're going to look up and the all will be gone. Our usefulness will be gone. If promised land's going to do anything, you got to have the Holy Spirit. He's got to be the administrator over all that happens. He's, his blessing has to be on everything we do or we do it all in vain. And so we need some people who will just do their duty. Keep the old. Well, those are the duties of his job. <laughs> but then secondly, we see the disadvantages of his job. You mean it's not always going to be fun to serve Jesus? Well, I think we've already talked about that. It wasn't always fun for him to keep the oil. Joash had a lot of disadvantages to being a keeper of the oil, and so will you and I. One of the disadvantages of his job, maybe one that we have the most problem with, is that it was unnoticed. It was a thankless job. Think about it. Nobody saw Joash out in the fields every day. They didn't see him in the marketplace every day. He wasn't at the front of the army leading out in David's army. He wasn't there. When everybody looked around day after day, nobody saw Joash. It was a thankless job that he had. The, uh, the, the others that we read about in the, in the list of, uh, of servants there, we see that some raised cattle and they protected the flocks and, you know, they put meat on the king's table. There were counselors and wise men to the king and his family. We see men who were generals of the king's army. Now look at those guys. You know, that's how we get in the church sometimes, don't we? Sometimes we look around and we say, well, you know, oh, so-and-so, he's a general in the king's army, you know. And we get kind of jealous of that. And, we, and we, 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 we look at these disadvantages of the fact that the job that the Lord has put us in, it's an unnoticed job. But I want you to hear me this evening and hear me well that, again, we serve the king. We don't serve each other. We don't do this so that others can see us or thank us or pat us on the back. But we do what we do because we do it for the King. And the Bible says in Proverbs 15 and verse number 3, that the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. And I want you to know tonight that no matter what you do for the King, it is not unnoticed. He sees all. 
He sees everything you do when you're on your knees in your bedroom at home and you're praying for your church and you're praying for your pastor, you're praying for each other and you're praying for the lost and you're praying for the backslidden. Listen, the King sees that. And when you're serving Him and you're in the spot uh, down in a cellar somewhere, you're about to pull your hair out because everything's going wrong. You've had a bad day and you don't really want to do what you're doing. Listen, forget about the fact that you're around everybody else and just remember Remember, you're serving the King of Kings. You're serving in King Jesus' court. It's not an unnoticed job. Let me encourage you tonight by saying, just keep the all. Just keep doing what God has put you here to do and just keep serving Him. Listen, it was an uncomfortable job that Joash had. He was down in a cellar. It was dark. It was deserted. But you need to know tonight that not all of God's assignments are going to be pleasant assignments. But our duty is not to pick and choose. I want you to hear me. Our duty is not to pick and choose what we do in the king's court. Our duty is just simply to obey the king. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him do what? Deny himself. Take up his cross. Follow me. You see, when Jesus told His disciples, you've got to take up a cross, let me tell you, they didn't look at Jesus the way you're looking at me tonight. Huh? What's that even mean? Listen, when Jesus told that, that group of disciples, you've got to take up a cross, you know what came to their mind? Those that they had seen nailed to a cross. Listen, Jesus wasn't the only one ever got crucified. They had seen many throughout their life that had been nailed to a cross and crucified and died that death. And here Jesus tells them, if you're going to follow me and be one of my servants, if you're going to serve in my court and you're going to serve in my kingdom, you've got to be willing to die to yourself. And you might even have to be willing to die a physical death. Listen, when they picked up a cross, there was no putting it down. You carried it to the place where they would crucify you And there you would die. And Jesus told His disciples, if you want to be My servants, if you want to serve in My kingdom, then you have to die to yourself and be willing to give your very life for Me. In Luke's account, Luke said, Jesus told them to take up their cross daily. Be willing to die daily. You see, serving Jesus might be uncomfortable sometimes. And, and it may not be uh, very noticed. And everybody may not see what we're doing when we're serving the Lord. But that's okay because we're serving the Lord. We're serving the King. King Jesus. You know, I think about Joash's job. Listen, just the type of person I am. My wife... She's, she's here tonight, so I'm going to be nice. Because <laughs> we got a long ride home. We've been traveling in a car together all week. But my wife, her personality, she can, she could, I don't have to be around for her to be happy, you know? I mean, she don't have to have a whole lot of people around her. She's fine just like she is. Me, I want to be home with 27 other people and her cook supper for everybody, you know? I mean, and I don't know why that's such a burden, but anyway. You know, I want to be, I love being around people. But you know, sometimes some of the assignments that God gives His people are very lonely assignments. 
And sometimes you may feel like I'm the only one that cares about Promised Land Church. And you know what? You might actually work harder than everybody else. I'm not saying you don't. But don't let loneliness make you quit on serving the King. You know what I think about? I think about Joash being down there in that dark cellar. I think about him day after day after day. Nobody came by to say thank you. Nobody patted him on the back. I think about day after day. Nobody said, good job, Joe Ash. Good job, man. You're really doing good down there. I, I, I fully believe that people even forgot that he was even down there because they never saw him. And here he was down in the cellar. Lonely. All by himself. But you know what's so special about serving in the king's court? Every now and then, old David, he'd get out and he'd make a round. <clears throat> Think I'll just get out today and go around and see what all my servants are doing. And you know, nobody thought about old Joash until one day the cellar door would open and there would be the king. King David would say, Joash, and you're doing a great job. Thank you for keeping the lights on in Israel. You know, and I just think about our king. I think about our king and how Matthew chapter 25 and verse 21 says, And the Lord faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. You know, sometimes at Promised Land you're serving the Lord and maybe you get lonely and you feel like nobody sees what you're doing. They don't care about what you're doing. And you're just at the point to where you want to just quit altogether. If I'm the only one that's going to do anything around here, I'm just not going to do it. Maybe that's where you're at or maybe you've already been there and you already quit and gave up. Listen, this is what revival's all about. Revival's all about saying, no, you know what? I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to slack up. If I'm the only one that can do it, if I'm the only one that will do it, then so be it. I'm going to serve the King all by myself because one day the door's going to open and there's going to be the King. And I want to hear Him on that day say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. And you've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. And I don't care if you patted me on my back, put my name in the bulletin, my face on the screen, ever said thank you. All I want to do is make sure when I die, my king is happy with how I served him. And that ought to be all we're concerned about. That ought to be all we're worried about is serving the king. Sometimes it's unappreciated. I'm sure others must have mocked Joe Ash. Oh, you're the one that's stuck down in the cellar, huh? But you know what? He was serving the king. And so, yes, it has its disadvantages. I want us to look at the demands of his job. Very simple. Here's what Joe Ash had to do. He had to stay until the king called him. That's all he had to do. You just stay there and you do what you're doing until I call you out of there. You just keep on serving 
Be faithful until He calls you home or until He changes your assignment. You know, it just, I don't know. It, it, I, I better stay off of that. Never mind. Okay, no, I'm not. You know, it bothers me when people quit on the Lord. It bothers me when somebody's faithfully serving the Lord and doing an amazing job at it. And obviously it's what the Lord put them in the, in the body to do. And yet they just think, like we said this morning, I've done my duty. I'm going to let somebody else do it. And lo and behold, nobody else can do it like you did it. Listen. Whatever the Lord's got for you, it doesn't matter if it's big or small, if it's in the open or behind the scenes, if you're keeping the herds, if you're managing the army, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're keeping the all, whatever it is, listen, just stay until the king calls you. If he changes your assignment, then go. And if he calls you home, well then you're better than I am. Listen, the demands of the job was just to be faithful. And not to come out of the cellar for any reason. You see, if you're serving the Lord tonight, then you're doing the greatest work in all the world. Anything other than serving the Lord is a step down. You may be a doctor, for all I know, in the medical field. Boy, that's a prestigious job. But I'm here to tell you, working with Awana kids, memorizing the Word of God is a better job than being a medical doctor saving lives. You don't have to agree with me. I'm not your pastor. I'll just leave. I don't care. (laughs) Listen, affecting somebody's eternity is better than just affecting the here and now. Be faithful. And don't leave it for any reason. It takes a special person who just stay put and serve the Lord through harassment, through difficulty, through fatigue, through pain, through being unnoticed, unappreciated, unthanked. You know, it takes a special person who will care more about the Lord than they care about themselves. It takes someone who is truly filled and led by the Spirit of God. And you know that tells us a lot about Joash because his name means Jehovah fired. See, that's what revival's all about. It's about getting fired up. That's what we say. And getting fired up for Jesus. It's about that which used to be a privilege that's now become a problem, moving it back to being a privilege to serve in the king's court. Here's what Joash had to do. He had to stay until the king called. He couldn't come out for any reason. He just had to obey the king. You see, you don't have to work to please me. You don't have to work to please your pastor or to please anybody else around you. Every one of us, all we have to do is work to please the King. Samuel said in 1 Samuel fifteen twenty two, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. You know what I believe we have today is we've got a bunch of people who don't have a problem with working and making sacrifices. They just have a problem with obeying. And you know the Bible tells us more than just this one time that doing what the king tells us to do is better than working in a field that we want to do. It's better for you to follow the Lord and follow the king and serve him here than just do what you want to do. I want to ask you this evening to bow your head. 
I want to ask you this evening also to dare to be a Joash. I want to ask you this evening, just be willing to do whatever it is the Lord put you here to do. And revival, revival is about when we, as God's people, we get to a place to where we're not serving the Lord anymore. Or we're not serving Him like we used to. You say, well, I'm still doing everything I've always done, but why are you doing it? You doing it still because you love Him and He saved you? Or are you doing it because if, well, if I don't, nobody else will? See, that's when we need a revival. When it becomes a problem more than a privilege, that's when we need revival. That's when we need it. I wonder tonight, are you willing to just get down in the cellar and keep the oil? Just keep on serving Him and be faithful to Him. Father, I ask You tonight just to help us, Lord Jesus. Help us, God, <clears throat> to serve You. To be willing to serve You in any circumstance. And Lord, truly, sometimes it does get hard in this present world. It's weary to our flesh. It's hard work sometimes. And we start thinking of ourselves more than You. But Lord, I pray tonight You'd help us to understand that we're here to serve the King, You, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Father, I pray maybe even on our knees before You in this altar tonight, we might need to make things right with You. Saved, You've placed us in the body, You expect us to serve, but Lord, maybe we're not serving like we should. I pray tonight You give us a revival. Help us to serve You, Lord, like we did the day that You saved us. Come on fire for Your work. Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand? Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come, and your strength and your power. Yeah.